This week on Dokkan Gamer, Gears of War 2, Resistance 2, Devil May Cry, and My Early Christmas. I have a rendezvous with death. At some disputed barricade. It may be he shall take my hand and lead me into his dark land and close my eyes and quench my breath. I have a rendezvous with death. And I, to my pledged word, am true. I shall not fail that rendezvous. So welcome everyone to another episode of Dokong Gamer. This is episode 5 and I'm really glad you guys could join me. How many few of there of you guys there are. Um, but really, really I appreciate anybody who listens to the podcast and hopefully you guys enjoy this episode as well. So another really, really big week for Highest Score this week. I'll be discussing or we'll be talking about Gears of War 2 and Resistance 2. Probably the biggest um, game releases of the past two weeks if not just last week. Um, so, like in every highest score episode, I basically talk about games that have come out, have been reviewed, but I don't necessarily have yet. So again, the question we ask at the very end of every highest score is whether or not I'm going to buy the game or whether or not it would be you know smart for you or a wise investment for you guys to actually buy these games. So this week is pretty big, yeah. I mean, it's going to be, I'll be talking about two games, and I'll be buying just one of them. Um, what that game is, I'll be talking about, I'll be telling you at the end of the segment. But for now, you know, it's a really, really interesting mix of these two games. I mean, um, it's very, very apt, I think, because these games ha are very, very similar. They're both FPSs, or maybe um, people would argue that Gears of War is a third-person shooter. But still, you know... Essentially the same kind, so FPSs, they came out at the same time last year, and now they're, you know, head-on again this year. And, you know, um, quite honestly, I think um, in terms of mass appeal, in terms of the popular opinion, people would definitely um, regard one of these games as the far superior product than the other. What that product is, I'll talk about a little bit later. So... I guess you know. Um, just let's get let's get right to it and dive into it. First off, I would actually like to talk about Gears of War. So Gears of War Two is essentially, yeah, like I said earlier, a third-person shooter, um, pretty straight up. Um, but again, what it offers, you know, the innovation that the game had. If, I mean, you know, over prior um, iterations of the genre, is that the cover system basically. Um, and possibly maybe the chainsaw battle or what the instant death with a chainsaw with the lancer and everything. Um, so um, Gears of War basically, I've played the first Gears of War on my uncle's 360 while I was in the states like a year ago, and you know I enjoyed it definitely. Um, it's definitely a graphical showcase, you know, technically very very good. Um, but you know while we talk about technicalities of the game um i was quite surprised to, f to see that there were a lot of texture pop-ups in the game of course a minor gripe or anything but apparently it's an inherent um i don't know weakness of the unreal 3 um engine that you usually have a lot of texture pop-ups um the normal map or the diffuse map color map suddenly just pops out of nowhere from you know flat shaded characters and everything of course yes again a minor gripe or anything but again it doesn't steal from the game's, you know, visual appeal, and definitely, definitely one of the better-looking games of the past year, if not the past two years or what. Um, and I actually, to be completely honest, think that Gears of, even Gears of War 1 still, you know, a aged very, very well until now. I mean, I would still think that it's still one of the better-looking games out there, but then Gears of War 2 just basically stepped that up a notch. Um, much, much better lighting this time, much, much better, I guess, treatment, because really on Gears of War 1, everything just seemed too dark, everything seemed very stark or whatever, 
I mean, okay, not really stark, but more of artificial. Um, I guess it for me, it's more of a lighting issue that the first one really didn't have much um, global illumination. Sorry to be technical about that, but um, you know, the lighting wasn't very re- realistic, suffice to say. Whereas Gears of War 2 seems, you know, a lot, you know, the, the shadows are a lot softer, it seems. The lighting is a lot more subtle. There's a lot more illumination going around the characters. They definitely blend much better into the background, I think. And, you know, um, it is really a testament to what Epic has done with the game. It really, really is a beautiful game. And I can't take, you know, can't say enough for how really, really good it looks. But again, one of my gripes about the game is that, you know, the, the protagonist, the main character, is uh, just the characters there, just don't seem to have much charisma. Um, you know, again, it's kind of like my Kratos gripe or anything. Like, you know, um, my Master master Chief gripe as well. That They just don't seem to appeal to me at all. Um, Marcus Phoenix... Well, you know, he's he's cool, he's badass, the kind of silent type you think is a brute, but has some sort of, you know, intelligence in him thing. I mean, that's all well and good, but really the design is somewhat typical, or, I don't know, it, just not much character, let's put it that way. A lot of people would probably disagree with me, of course, especially with Master Chief and everything, but really, no, you know, it's a character design that won't really stick with me. Now... Okay, um, I know that the popular, well, you know, the, the basic, um, how should I put it, the basic press release about Gears of War 2 is that it's a bigger and better Gears of War 1. So it's nothing completely new, it's just, complete, it's just some um, Gears of 1 much, much better, much more fine-tuned um, in terms of the cover system and everything, much better um, multiplayer experience with a horde mode, which is basically... Uh, squad-based survivor mode. Kind of, like, reminds me of Left 4 Dead, actually, wherein you're just a few um, people basically duking it, duking it out with all these um, locust hordes, swarms, that basically come, in you, come at you in waves and you have to fend them off. Kind of like maybe, I guess, um, I don't know, um, defend tower defense in War- Warcraft or something. Um, so, you know, it's all well and good. Um... Bigger, bigger environments. The technology has been much more refined. Um, bigger scale. There's so many enemies coming at you at the same time. Multiple Brumax out there. You know those giant hulking um, tanks. I guess walking tanks, for lack of a better term to describe them. It's you know very, very good. But again, um, with I mean you know with the, with the admission of. Um, the creators themselves, it's basically Gears of War 1 on steroids. Um, while that isn't a bad thing, it's not really much of a good thing for me either. Um, you know, I'm not going to say yet whether or not I'm going to buy it. I mean, the production values of this game is insane. But then again, like I said, I've already played Gears of War 1. And the thing is, when it comes to these kinds of sequels that are basically just a bigger and better part one, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit hesitant about it. Um, it's kind of like, it reminds me of God of War. Uh, I enjoy God of War 1 very, very much. I played it twice um, and enjoyed it both times. Had a little, I don't know, um, had a little, you know, play through the, I forgot what you even call it, like the Colosseum thing, wherein you basically fight, um, you know, complete a level with specific objectives or something. I forgot what you call it, but basically, I, you know, I tried that out too and enjoyed it. Um, wasn't very good at it, but, you know, um, again, I'm really just after experiencing the game more than mastering it. Um, there are certain games I would like to master, but, you know, this one being a, you know, um, solely a one-player experience, and, you know, there is no real use to actually mastering it, because you just keep getting better and better, but, you you know, there's not much satisfaction you get from actually fighting against a computer all the time, whereas, you know, games like RTSs or something that have um, multiplayer options in them, then that's something, I guess, um, would be worth mastering. But anyway, um, I'm digressing already. Point is that, you know, when I played Gears of, uh, sorry, 
when I played God of War 2, after enjoying God of War 1 a lot, you know, I was really, really looking forward to God of War 2. I bought it and everything. And I played it, and once I finished it, I, and I, that was it. It was basically just, I just wanted to play it. It was more of the same, very much refined, much better graph. Well, not really much better graphics, but better graphics. Um, they squeeze a lot out of the game. Good story as well. But, you know, again, it was more of the same. Um, that being said, I would say that, you know, the superior product of the two um, God of Wars is the first one. Basically because it was a forerunner of um, the game... God of War, you know, um, it basically introduced you to all the concepts, basically introduced you to the Chaos Blade, Chaos Blades and everything, and really, the appeal of God of War was found both in 1 and 2, to me, you know what I mean? Um, so, you know, again, I'm wary about sequels that are too familiar, that are just an improvement over the first one, because, you know, uh, again, I'm looking for that new experience, I'm looking for that something new, and if Gears of War 2 doesn't really give me that something new, it's more of the same, then, you know, um, I'll reserve judgment for now. But, you know, um, it's kind of like, it's not like Guitar Hero, wherein you basically get new songs. And the thing is, with Guitar Hero and rhythm games, you really are after the new songs that you get. But, you know, it is the same experience. You basically just hit the same notes. But the thing is, it's the content that really makes um, rhythm games as good as they are. So the better the songs are, the more songs there are, the better the game. But the thing is with these um, games, FPSs or, I guess, um, action games or what, what have you, if you don't add anything new to them, fine, you can have, you know, you can just basically make new levels, add new characters, add new, add new um, enemies and everything. That's all well and good, but it's not really changing the game all that much. And, you know, you don't really add a lot for the player to do. Um, it's just really kind of like additional levels, almost episodic, you know, or something like that. Um, so, you know, that said, that's really what I feel about Gears of War now. I'm, I know it's a very, very, very good game, but again, I'm looking for that new, fresh experience. And that leads me to Resistance 2, which I haven't played, which, you know, I mean, I haven't played Resistance 1. And the thing is, you know, the reviews have come out, and clearly the game, the superior game, supposedly, and for the second straight year, I guess, is Gears of War. Is Gears of War. Um, you know, not to say that Resistance isn't a good game. It is a very good game. Got very, very high scores as well. But I guess, you know, um, I would admit as well that, you know, the production values of Gears of War seems to be a lot better. Um... You know, um, even the design of the characters themselves. I mean, Nathan Hale, you know, is also quite generic to me. Um, he doesn't really appeal to me all that much either. But, you know, um, point is that Gears of War seems to be a much more gorgeous game. Let's put it that way. Um, but of course, the thing is, as gorgeous as Gears of War is, I think that, you know, Insomniac has done a very, very good job in actually making Resistance 2, or even Resistance 1, very, very efficient. And the efficiency comes in the multiplayer aspects of it, that I, I believe in Resistance 1, up to 40 people can play against each other, and now Resistance 2 can handle basically 60 people um, playing together online with barely any lag at all. And, you know, that speaks volumes about the production quality of um, Resistance 2 as well, you know. Fine, um, Gears of War has a better skin that looks much flash flashier, much better, I think, objectively speaking, of course. But, you know, um, I think Resistance to, you know, sacrifice, I guess, some of that um, gorgeousness um, for more efficiency, I suppose. So I think they, you know, the, the Grims, I think that that's what they're called. Um, basically are very, very fast units that come at you in hordes and everything. So, you know, it's all it's all good. Um, I don't know much about Resistance, actually. Don't know much about the storyline and everything. But, you know, I know it is a good game, surprisingly. Um, even, you know, during the launch last year, or two years ago, was it, um, when they showed Resistance, you know, I wasn't all that excited about it either. Um, when they first announced it, in E3 or something. I actually forgot already. 
you know, it didn't seem much of a launch title to me, I have to admit. But, you know, once people got to play it, it got very, very good reviews. It got, you know, high praise from everybody. You know, again, you know, it's not anything completely that blows your mind, visually at least. And, you know, of course, whenever you just basing your judgment of the game through videos, through screenshots and everything, you can't help but judge the game for how it looks. Um, if it's just another FPS, you know, uh, I've played FPSs before, so if it's another FPS with uh, crazy guns, you know, and everything, it's basically the same experience still. So, you know, um, again, that made me not very interested in the game at the very start. But this time around, though, um, I'm very, very inclined to give it a shot, at least. Resistance to, I mean. Um, the, the scale, actually, to be honest, seems a lot more epic than, <laughs> ironically, Epic's own um, shooter, which is Gears of War 2. Um, you know, when they showed that demo, the... the that monster that basically is as tall as a building, as tall as a skyscraper. That really blew my mind, quite honestly. And the thing is, in the shots that they show, the screenshots of these crazy mothership-looking ships um, scattered all over the, the skyline of this um, war-torn um, city or what, um, very, very, it pretty much impressed me uh, a lot, uh, more than Gears of War 2 shots impressed me. I mean, in terms of scale, of course. Um, it just seems a lot more open. Um, draws a draw distance of the game seems a lot deeper, a lot farther. And, you know, um, again, that is a testament to Insomniac's um, ability to make the game very, very efficient, um, while still looking very, very good. Um, so, you know, again, I don't know much about Resistance at all. Um, but in terms of which game I would want to play this holiday season or this fall, I would have to say that I'll give it to Resistance 2, basically because I've always been curious about Insomniac games, and to my own, you know, I have to be honest, and as much as I'm not very proud of the fact, I've never played any Insomniac um, game at all, not Ratchet & Clank, not Resistance 1, and not all the other games they've they've made, Spyro or what? Spyro, yeah, Spyro is Insomniac, I believe. Um, so you know, um, I know they're a very very good developer. I've heard very very good things about them as a company as well. And you know, to me, if this company is so so, you know, very much revered, very much respected in the industry, then I would say I would definitely def definitely give them the benefit of a doubt and. In as much as their games aren't as huge, huge blockbuster hits as, you know, games of Epic with Gears of War or maybe God of War and all of that. Um, definitely quality games come out from this studio. And, you know, I'm very, very curious to see what kind of games they actually make. And maybe that'll turn me into a fan and just make me buy all the Ratchet and Clank's, Clank games that came before and everything. But, you know... Um, I'm very, very excited to actually pick up Resistance 2. Not to say anything about anything bad about um, Gears of War 2. Now, objectively speaking, I'm pretty sure that, um, you know, the win goes to Gears of War 2, um, even looking through the videos and everything. It seems like, you know, the better purchase, really, if you haven't experienced any of these games or have experienced both of them, Gears of War 1, I mean, and Resistance 2, and are choosing between Gears of uh, Gears of War 2 and Resistance 2. I guess a smarter choice would be just um, Gears of War 2 if really you just want a better game. But for me, really, what I'm looking for is a new, fresh experience. And I think Resistance 2 will give me that more than Gears of War 2. Um, so, you know, again, it's one of those cases wherein really um, the thing I'm worried about is not... You know, I guess it's kind of hard to 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 really articulate or anything. But you know, when you really just have enough money for just one game out of two, that is, then you know, the way I weigh it out is really what game will really you know broaden my horizons for video games or anything like that. Not to say that you know broaden my horizons with a crappy game, because while that will broaden my 
my horizons and everything. You know, it's not a pleasant experience to play something like that. But in terms of choosing between Gears of War and Resistance 2 this time around, it seems that definitely, definitely the win goes to Resistance 2 in my case. So, you know, I'm really looking forward to picking that up um, before Christmas or something. It's actually been out here in the Philippines already. You know, I've seen um, the game itself out there. And I'm very, very excited, actually. More, not really because, you know, Resistance 2 as a game really excites me, but more so because I really believe in Insomniac, the developer of this game. And, you know, it's one of, you know, if I could work for them... I would love to because, you know, it just seems that Insomniac is a company that has a lot of heart. And, you know, really, as somebody, again, self-professed lover of the industry, I really, really want to support um, these developers who really go out of their way and try to make the best product they can. You know, who definitely are there for the business aspects of it, but really do want to give gamers the bang for their buck. A bang for their buck. So, you know... um, so congratulations, I suppose. I don't know. Um, that definitely uh, I will be buying Resistance 2. And just pass on Gears of War 2 for now. Um, again, it makes the decision a lot easier for me because I do not have a 360. And I will have a PS3 in a few hours, actually. So, you know, again, that might be cheating for some of you guys. But really, if I did have a 360... And the PS3, and I only had money for one of these FPS games, I would definitely pick up Resistance 2. So there you go. Um, again, you know, you guys might um, have a different opinion and just pick up Gears of War 2, but, you know, again, Resistance 2 still a very, very good game. So if you can afford both, or if you have the same sentiments as I do, I can only afford one, and I've played just Gears of War and never played Resistance, then play Resistance, of course, right? So there you go, um, that's high score for this week, so next up, we'll be going to Game Over. So welcome to this week's um, Game Over. So that little soundbite you just heard right now came from Japanese TV spot of Devil May Cry 2 way back in 2003, I believe. And, you know, um, oh yeah, before I forget, the sound clip you heard in the previous segment, or should I say before the previous segment, was um, the Gears of War trailer during E3 2008. So, you know, that was a pretty good um, video, so check that out if you haven't. Um, very dramatic and everything, um, but, you know, there you go. Um, so, yeah, um, Devil May Cry. So, quite honestly, I didn't have a lot of games to talk about in terms of Game Over this week because, you know, I haven't really been playing any new games at all. So, forgive me if I'm going, you know, deep into my... I don't know, chest of video games and old video games that I'm only playing now. Um, But, you know, this week I'll be talking about Devil May Cry um, in general. I own Devil May Cry 1, 2, and 3. Um, Have only played one of them, actually, Devil May Cry 1. And, you know, what are my thoughts on Devil May Cry? So basically, it's a very, very old game, actually. It came out during the first few months of the PlayStation 2 release, I believe. And I remember seeing it in the mall one day, um, seeing people gawking at it on the TV screen of this um, local video game shop. And, you know, when I saw the name, I was like, what? Devil May Cry? Are you kidding me? It's like one of those, I don't know, apparently really Capcom has this huge, or at least, you know, I don't know, Japanese developers in general have this huge... I don't know how to put it, problem or inability to name their games anything good. Uh, oh, oh, but then again, you know, the Japanese name of Resident Evil is actually better, I think, Biohazard, right? But, you know, Devil May Cry, in terms of Devil May Cry, it's like, what? It's just, it sounds so weird, you know what I mean? Um, it didn't say anything about the game, it didn't describe it at all, it wasn't very appealing, it made no sense, 
But again, as the years rolled by, you know, it basically became a household name. Same thing with Resident Evil and, you know, some other games that escape me right now. You know, basically, bad name, but since the game was very, very good, then, you know, uh, it did very well. And people don't give a shit about the name these days anymore. Kind of like the Wii. You know, it's a bad name, objectively speaking, but, you know, again, it was a very good product, and people just basically accepted it. Um, if it, if it bombed, then basically people would give it a lot of flack for naming it such a crappy name, right? The Wii, Resident Evil, Devil May Cry, I guess Dead Space as well. You can count that in too. But, you know, basically a bad name. And I remember it, you know, all those years ago to be very, very popular despite the bad name. It's The way I describe Devil May Cry really is Capcom's attempt to basically give... You know, fans of Resident Evil, another option. It's basically Resident Evil with infinite ammo and a crazy strong knife. So, you know, the frustrations you get from Resident Evil, Devil May Cry will supposedly um, solve or something, for lack of a better term. Um, so, you know, Resident Evil, really, really limited ammo and everything, which actually adds to the whole appeal of the game because it is survival horror and everything. But Devil May Cry... Basically, you have infinite ammo, right? And in Resident Evil, you basically had a knife that did almost nothing, you know? Objectively speaking, a knife is a lot more damaging than bullets. But for some reason, you know, zombies are impervious to slash, you know, strikes from a knife, from a freaking jungle knife, right? And basically die easier with a gun. But, you know, in Devil May Cry, you have this big-ass sword which deals a lot more damage than your guns that you have in the game um and in devil may cry as well you can jump double jump and everything there is an evil you can't do that um devil may cry basically have a lot of mobility you can move around and everything um but then again the thing that both these games have in common i think that was a problem is the controls whereas you know resident evil has has always been Notorious for really, really bad controls, at least before Resident Evil 4. Um, you know, just bad controls, period. That the only way to move forward is to press up. And when you have crazy different camera angles, especially during Resident Evil 1, 2, and 3, wherein you had pre-rendered backgrounds, it's not really a good thing to just have basically one way of moving forward. It's kind of like controlling an RC, if you guys have ever played with a remote control, um, anything, a car, what, when you go around a course, it's kind of confusing which, where left or right is. So it's kind of the same in Resident Evil, wherein when you're moving away from the camera, then you know where left or right is, because basically it is your, what your real left and right is. But when you're moving towards the camera, then left and right suddenly becomes mirrored or shifted opposite ways. So, you know, that's, that was the inherent problem with Resident Evil, and it was very difficult to, to make a 180 and all of that, and especially when you're trying to get away from um, from a zombie or a zombie dog or Doberman or whatever. It's very important to be able to um, basically turn around and shoot them again. But, of course, they solved that with Resident Evil 4 and everything. And, you know, um, where while the controls themselves weren't really the problem with... Devil May Cry, I think, at least with Devil May Cry 1, the real problem was the camera. Um, it basically made controlling Dante very difficult in a lot of parts. And I'm actually not really stuck, but sort of, you know, I gave up after a few attempts in this part in Devil May Cry 1, wherein I'm pitted against this crazy blob of a boss. And I've, I've been finding it very difficult to kill it because I basically can't make Dante basically go to where the weakness of the boss is because of the crazy camera angles, right? Um, you know, I basically can't jump into that vulnerable point of the boss. And after, you know, basically three tries, I basically said, you know what, I'm just going to sleep. And, you know, I get it. I get the whole point of this battle. But, you know, it's, uh, I just found it not worth my time to basically spend more time with it. Not that I'm completely done with the game yet. Uh, I definitely, I think I will be finishing it, but, you know, I think I've only put in a few R's into the game 
in you know in total right now. So you know, I'm not much of a fan of the series. I know it is a classic in its own right, but you know, um, I'm I guess I'm more of an RE fan in that because you know Dante. While a good character, I think he has a little bit more charisma than the rest, or maybe because, you know, I'm sort of partial to anime characters, and the design of those kinds of characters appeal to me more. Um, you know, I don't know, Dante visually is appealing, but, you know, the attitude of Dante doesn't really click with me. The whole... Um, I don't know, adolescent kind of vibe doesn't really click with me. And while I know that that's what people like about Dante, when they changed it up in Devil May Cry 2, where they made him a little bit more mature and everything, people didn't like it. And I actually didn't quite get that because, you know, um, the thing is, I really enjoyed the Japanese TV spot of Devil May Cry 2 and was actually very, very much looking forward to playing Devil May Cry 2, but... You know, it's basically known that Devil May, that Devil May Cry 2 is the worst of the series. So, you know, I don't know. Is it because they changed up Dante's characterization or something? I really don't know. But, you know, um, I find the adolescent Dante, the arrogant Dante, to be quite annoying, to be co completely honest. So, you know, um, Devil May Cry, very, very good game for certain people. I will definitely keep playing it i suppose but you know it's not something groundbreaking to me um if you want something similar i guess you can go for ninja gaiden or something um you know cool to have guns juggling people around or not people monsters and demons and um scarecrows i suppose all well and good but and it's just an okay game for me. Nothing I will completely miss if I don't keep playing it. Um, it has its, its own niche, for sure. Um, not There are not a lot of similar games to Devil May Cry, and I guess um, that's why it's so popular and is still very popular until now. Devil May Cry 4 just came out a few months ago and everything. And, you know, I don't know if I'm going to pick it up, Devil May Cry 4, I mean, but... You know, definitely a game that has made its mark in video game history. Not that big a mark for me, but still a game definitely worth playing through. So I don't know when I will actually finish the game, but I'll just make sure that to let you guys know if ever I do. So, you know, I apologize if this game over segment wasn't very heartfelt as the others, but... You know, I'm kind of running thin on my games, but definitely fall season, you know, there'll be a lot of games I'll be picking up soon, and I'll be talking about actually the games I'll be playing for the next week, and most probably well into next year for sure, um, in this next segment in Sandbox. So I'll close game over with that, I guess, um, Devil May Cry, um, still a good game, uh, I give it that, but just not as good a game as I had hoped. very very advanced merry christmas to everybody i mean i apologize if it's coming so so early i mean well over a month before the actual christmas and everything but seriously today i just feel so very giddy about something and it is very much an early christmas for me and why is that because i'm actually gonna get my ps3 in a few hours um my mom picked it up for me um, when she went to the States uh, a couple of months ago, and she'll be coming back in a few hours, in three hours, in fact. And, you know, I'm very, very excited to pick up my PS3. So, I don't know. Um, the thing is with me, for somebody who really, really 
invests a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of money even in really just buying his games. You know, if people, a lot of people out there like buying clothes, like buying books and everything, my thing really is video games and it has always been video games. And it's quite expensive really for somebody who lives in the Philippines and gets as little money as I do or what. Um, not to say that, you know, I'm trying to gain your sympathies or anything, but Suffice it to say that, you know, um, it's a very, very big deal to me whenever I get a console, most especially, because, you know, it's always been hard because having, you know, convincing your parents to basically buy something that's very, very, very expensive for them is not very fun for a kid. Um, you know, you'd sort of hope that your hobbies were a lot simpler and maybe that, you know, um, you also liked clothes or also liked books when you were younger. But, you know, you just so happen to have this hobby that's way more expensive than what other kids might want. And, you know, it was kind of difficult um, growing up. But, you know, that just made um, getting all these consoles, all these games, all the more sweeter. Um, I believe last week I talked about, you know, how my um, grandfather passed away and everything and how... He really contributed to um, how, how I was raised in video games, how I love video games now. And really, whenever I asked them to buy a console for me, and whenever it arrived here in the Philippines, I remember very distinctly when the PS, my PS1 arrived, actually. I was so freaking excited. And the thing is, whenever I get new games, whenever I get even play games at all, I have this ritual, really, that I do. Um, I really have to, you know, clean my room, basically change the sheets of my bed and everything in preparation for these consoles and games that are coming. I mean, you know, call me a crackpot, call me crazy and everything, call me OC or something, but it's really that big a deal for me that I even ha go through this ritual of really you know, making my surroundings as good as they can be, even turning on the air conditioning so that, you know, it's cold and nice and everything. And I even tuck in my bed sheet under the mattress and everything. Just everything has to be perfect. Everything has to be very pristine in preparation for this, you know, momentous event in my life, I suppose. And the thing is, you know, what made getting the PlayStation 1, um, back then very very special was it came with um final fantasy 7 which i think you know might not be my favorite game ever but i would say is the game that really really cemented me as a hardcore gamer it's a game i waited for the longest waited two years for it um followed it from the very beginning wherein you know where it was still when it was still an N64 exclusive, and then suddenly got very, very disappointed when it went to the PlayStation and everything. You know, I, I really, really... It was a painful two years waiting for that game. And when I finally got it with my PlayStation 1, I was just ecstatic completely. And, you know, I just really enjoyed everything about that game. Um, you know, it it is that game that influenced me as a gamer the most and made me really love video games because you know whenever you just invested so much in the game it really does stick with you right um you know i wasn't supposed to get a playstation but basically final fantasy 7 sold that system for me and it was a very very special thing um whenever you you know um bring out that much money bring out that much effort or whatever into just buying this one game um, it's really just something special, I think. Um, you know, right now, I might not be feeling that way anymore because, you know, am, age has basically imprisoned me or something that, you know, my, my room is a mess right now. I haven't changed my sheets or anything. Oh, oh, I mean, you know, just to show you how crazy I was when I was a kid. Whenever I played video games, I had to wash my hands every single time. And if I ever touched anything apart from the controller while playing the game, I had to wash my hands again, then go back and play the video game again. So, you know, that's how crazy I was. So I guess now I'm a little more mature than that, less naive, less crazy, less OC or whatever about my games. I actually 
you know, play my video games now with dirty hands. Oh my god, yeah, God forbid. But, you know, um, I still think I will fix up my room a little bit later, if only to pay my respects, as crazy as that sounds, too. You know, I think a very, very, you know, significant um, time in my video game life as well, actually getting an actual next-gen console. I have a Wii, yes, so technically, or I don't know, some of you might say that's next-gen already, but in terms of a very expensive console, which really feels next-gen, PlayStation 3 is that, you know, is that console. Spent a lot of money on it, my money this time around, no longer my grandfather's or grandmother's. And, you know, it hurt. I mean, you know, chop off my hand, dude. Ouch, $400 for a, uh, for a freaking console? So fine, you know, I spent more on my PC and everything, but still, $400. That's very, very expensive for almost anybody's standards, especially for a Filipino. Uh, you know, not a lot of people have PlayStations here in the Philippines. More so because, you know, the pirated copies aren't very available because they're on Blu-ray and everything, but, you know, um, definitely ex an expensive console for anybody out there. Not even a lot of my friends have PS3s. Few of them have 360s, I suppose, but, you know, none of them have PS3s. So, you know, it's really, really... I'm... Admittedly, I'm not very... You know, I'm not jumping up and down. I'm not having cold sweats. I'm not, you know... My heart isn't racing or anything. Um, it comes when it comes, but definitely it's still a special occasion for me because, again, much like how it was years ago with my PlayStation 1, basically one game made me buy this console and basically shell out an additional $400 for the console just to be able to play this one game. And that game, if you've been listening to my previous podcast, is Little Big Planet, and I actually got it earlier today in one of our local shops and got it for, you know, basically, I think, $6 more than actual retail in the States. So $60 for you guys. I spent $66 on it. And I'm actually quite happy that the prices aren't all that huge here in the Philippines anymore, that we get Asian releases as well, even if the U.S. version is out there. And I did get the U.S. version simply because the Asian ver version wasn't available yet. Um... Because I just really, really wanted to play it, and $6 is not much of a big deal, really. Um, you know, I'm very, very happy for that fact. That, you know, basically I can buy Resistance 2 as well, in time for Christmas, I suppose. And maybe Fallout 3, if I'm not going to get it for the PC. Maybe Bioshock, because, you know, I still really want to own that game. Even if I have played it, I guess the PS3 version has more content on it and everything. Still want to buy a few other games for the PS3, namely Ninja Gaiden, Sigma, maybe not Ninja Gaiden 2 necessarily, and some other, you know, gems out there that, you know, I'm just forgetting right now. But, you know, I'm definitely, I, I have MGS4 already in it, had my mom buy it for me in the States as well. Um, so, you know, definitely a big thing happening tonight for me in terms of consoles, and I don't know, the thing is, what really sold Little Big Planet to me is, you know, the possibility of it helping me out in my career. As old as that makes me sound, you know, it's just really a map editor that really speaks to me. Because, you know, as I've mentioned before, I am a 3D artist as well. Um... So, you know, being able to um, to make your own content in the game and make it freely and easily is very, very much appealing to me. And Little Big Planet allows you to do that. And, you know, it definitely is a very, very early Christmas for me. And I doubt I'll be getting anything more special than this um, come Christmas time or anything. But, you know, um, that's why it is my early Christmas. And it... Uh, I don't know what else to say, quite honestly, because, I don't know, um, PlayStation 3, man, I actually never thought I'd actually get it, um, but this little game, this little gem of a game just basically forced my hand and made me buy it, and not that I'm regretting it or anything, because, you know, um, a lot of games, other games are coming out still, 
such as Final Fantasy thirteen, definitely gonna pick that up. And, you know, it's a Blu-ray player and maybe I'll be getting Blu-ray copies of my other movies from now on. Um so you know, um few hours ticking down, maybe four hours before I'm actually home and playing Little Big Planet. Definitely gonna be playing Little Big Planet before MGS four because I just really want to know how this game plays and how it's gonna help me in, you know, practicing, hopefully, being a game designer and just really focusing on what I can do with the tools and really testing my own patience, to be completely honest. And definitely, I really, really hope it's going to be a time sink for me. And I really hope that maybe one day I will have some levels up there and maybe you guys can play around with it and really, really enjoy it. So, you know, um, that prospect to me is really, really exciting. This system to me, more than my previous systems, is really an investment. Um... You know, again, it's a testament to how much I've grown as a gamer that now I'm not really just after the enjoyment of it, but even what this game can contribute to me as a gamer or even as a practitioner in the industry. So, you know, hopefully you guys have a very, very good Christmas as well in terms of what you get. Hopefully, you know, and not to be materialistic about it, but really when you're really passionate about something and you actually get it, um, you know, words can't describe really the feeling. Um, a lot of people like traveling, a lot of people like um, maybe cars, a lot of people like books, a lot of people like maybe eating out or whatever. But, you know, to me, the things that really lighten up my, you know, make my eyes sparkle and everything are really the video games. And as, you know, the more expensive they get, I guess as materialistic as that makes me sound, the more happy I am. Because, I don't know, really, in a way, it's a mixed feeling. It's mixed feelings, really, that, you know, I'm proud to be able to invest this much in a product I really, really believe in. And, you know, to know that I contributed a lot of my own effort, my own money, to the industry. You know, it's a lot of mix of that, aside from just really owning it as well. I really want to support all these people, especially since the PS3 has been such an underdog for the last two years and Sony's just being battered as a company as a whole. You know, I'm I'm quite glad to have made this purchase for them at the very least because they really have contributed a lot to the industry. And, you know, if they just allowed Nintendo and Sega to just, you know, have their way in video games, I guess the video game industry would be completely different now and... There wouldn't be a Wii because maybe Nintendo would have dug its own, you know, would have dug a grave too deep for it to actually crawl out of, and people would be just completely disappointed. Um, and um, Sony, I think. Okay, that was a car. Anyway, Sony, I think. Right, Sony, I think was the forest that made the ground. Jeez, dude. Um, Right. Sorry. <laughs> um, noisy neighbors. Anyway, Sony basically grounded all these other developers, um, made them not complacent, made them not too spoiled, to be honest. Um, as much as I was very, very mad at Sony for stealing Sega and Nintendo's thunder all those years, I'm really, really thankful for what they did. They basically, basically you know, um, shook everybody's, um, you know, made everybody else get out of their comfort zones and really push them to do stuff like the Wii and something innovative, something that would differentiate them from everybody. And it's kind of sad how sort of now Sony's the one who needs rescuing that they became quite spoiled. They became quite, you know, um, their heads basically became too big and they thought that making this monster of a machine would get a lot of people's attention because they had just tremendous, tremendous success with the PlayStation 1 and PlayStation 2. Not to say that a PlayStation 3 is an inferior product, but, you know, I guess, you know, they um, did something... They made mistakes uh, in this generation, but I really do think that a PlayStation 3 has a very, very good um, future, to be honest, if their plan of making the PlayStation 3's life 
as long as they want, they say, they claim it is going to be 10 years, which is unprecedented, which is doubled of what the usual, you know, lifespan of a system is. And if they can really successfully do that, and I think you actually can because, you know, graphical prowess has reached a level, I think, that, you know, making it better won't really contribute contribute anything much to the game. Of course, they'll keep improving it over the years, but, you know, to me, looking at games even for the Wii, like that new Tetsunoku, was it? Versus Capcom game. That really, really looks good, actually. Um, in a way, it even... You know, for a second there, watching the trailer SD, since it was just standard def, I actually thought they used Street Fighter 4 graphics on it and couldn't believe that it was coming out for the Wii and not for the Xbox 360 or the PlayStation 3. So that said, you know, I'm really, really hopeful that the lifespan of this system is going to be a lot longer than um, a lot longer than usual. And I really hope that Sony does well with it. And, you know... Uh, I actually believe them when they said that this system is going to be a very good investment because, well, for one thing, basically you're stealing from Sony for having, for buying a PlayStation because, you know, they produce these things, um, you know, they sell these things lower than cost. So, you know, um, it's a tremendous risk for them and as much as it is a tremendous risk for the consumer because it's just so freaking expensive. But, you know, I really do think that Sony is getting the ball rolling now um, with these releases with Little Big Planet. Hopefully, Little Big Planet is really going to be their flagship game. I really do believe that this is the game that has that will contribute the most to the industry in the coming year or so. You know, it's just such a radical thing, and hopefully, they don't lose any more exclusives like Final Fantasy Thirteen and everything. They play their cards right. You know, Resident Evil 5, yeah, definitely another game I'm looking forward to on the PS3. So, you know, um, I don't know what else to say. It's sort of a shorter podcast this week for some reason. But, um, you know, sorry if I'm a little bit less coherent this week or have less to say about things. But I guess, you know, just less content this week, but... Hopefully next week I'll have something more to talk about. Now with my PS3, hopefully Game Over is going to be a lot more interesting. And definitely High Score next week is going to be a doozy because I will be talking about, and I know I'll be talking about this now, because I actually thought of talking about this instead of Resistance 2 and Gears of War 2. I'll be talking about Guitar, um, Guitar Hero World Tour and Rock Band 2 next week. Another doubleheader, uh, definitely... Another episode wherein I'll be picking only one of the two, and it's actually very hard to pick between the two. So I'll have the whole week to think about that, and hopefully I'll give you a substan I'll give you substantial input from myself. Um, so there you go. So that does it for episode five of Dokkan Gamer, and hopefully you guys enjoyed. Send me emails, post on, you know, post a thread on the blog or anything. And hopefully you guys enjoy this week as well. So thank you again for listening, and I'll be seeing you next week.